We've got a hot one for you. Oh, you're hot. Why, thank you. So are you. And I'm not afraid to cry. So hot. So hot and hot. Man, it's hot. How hot is it? It's so hot, I poured McDonald's coffee in my lap to cool off. <laughs> it's time for Hot Takes on the Block. And that is presented by something I now can talk about with full confidence. Not that I didn't doubt the great people at Jack Daniels and that their Jack Daniels Tennessee Apple, the newest arrival to the Jack Daniels family, would be highly versatile, deliciously smooth, refreshing, and seasonal. I had no doubts the Jack Apple would combine their proprietary crisp green apple liqueur with the unique and unmistakable character of Jack Daniels. I had full confidence that their apple-flavored whiskey that only Jack Daniels could deliver could be easily enjoyed at home in a refreshing cocktail as a chilled shot shared amongst friends, properly socially distanced, or sipped slowly on the rocks. I had no doubt about any of that. But see, for 40 long days and 40 long nights... Uncle Brent, the guy is drunk, could not be that guy, gave up booze for Lent. But that all ended on Sunday, and I did sip my Jack Daniels Tennessee apple slowly on the rocks, and it was freaking delicious. Highly recommend it. Thanks to our friends at Jack Daniels Tennessee apple. Uh, sad but inevitable, sad but true, sad but uh, this will not be the first, however you want to phrase this. Thanks to our buddy Jim CBW, who sent me this link today. Citing profound challenges and widespread uncertainty, that is a quote because of the coronavirus pandemic, the University of Cincinnati announced today that it is discontinuing its men's soccer program. The Bearcats have been competing in men's soccer since 1973, said Cincinnati Athletic Director John Cunningham, quote, this was a difficult decision, but one made with the long-term interests of UC Athletics at the forefront during this time of profound challenges and widespread uncertainty, I have engaged in a comprehensive and thorough review of UC sport offerings and long-term budget implications of supporting the number of student-athletes currently at UC. Based on this review and in consultation with President Pinto and other university leaders, UC Athletics will no longer sponsor a men's soccer program. Now, why am I discussing Cincinnati men's soccer in Syracuse, New York. Well, I think you know why. I think we're going to see a lot more announcements like this in the coming weeks. I think John Wildhack is doing the same exact thing John Cunningham is doing, a thorough review of all things athletics. Now, Syracuse is a private school. Cincinnati is a public school. Syracuse has... Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, 15 intercollegiate sports. Some of these public schools, bigger power five schools, you're getting up towards 19, 20, 21 sports. The linchpin to all of this is they're all funded by football. They don't know when football's going to start. Now, Chris Fowler of ESPN did a Instagram video yesterday, and it was only about a seven or eight minute video if you want to check it out. And he laid out three scenarios that he is hearing about college football. And as he framed it, informed speculation. Now, as I go through this informed speculation briefly, keep the Cincinnati story in mind. Think of all the soccers and the field hockeys and the track and fields and a lot of sports that are funded by football. And if they can't play college football this fall for whatever reason, how many more Cincinnati-like announcements we're going to see sooner rather than later? But here's what Fowler said. There's three scenarios. 
according to, as he put it, his, quote, informed speculation. One is the season starts on time, and for this to happen, Fowler believes clarity has got to be had by the end of May about college campuses opening up, clarity on individual states, clearing certain things for people to be back on college campuses, for people to be in big groups again, and all the health things that have to be cleared through this. Number two is the season is delayed, but played in the fall. Fowler is skeptical of a delayed or shortened season, given the concerns that the virus could return in late autumn. I think we're all under the assumption it's going to return. Here's scenario three. The season gets pushed back to spring of 2021, and Fowler says that this scenario is, quote, gaining momentum, thinking this, that more should be known about containing the spread by then, more will be known about a vaccine in the works by then, and it limits, though does not completely absolve, the financial havoc that a lost season of football would put on an athletic department. I don't think you need me to spell it out for you, but if they don't play football, they're in a serious crisis mode. Not that they're not now. Because think about it. Even if they play football, are fans going to go? Think of a situation like in Syracuse. They're renovating the Carrier Dome, this all-new experience. How are we going to feel about being in a stadium with 30, 35, 40,000 people in the fall? I hope we feel okay about it. I hope there's progress that's made, and I hope that there's news about a vaccine. Look, ultimately, that's what ties it together. When we have a definitive vaccine, at least in development, hey, we found the right vaccine, we're developing it, we are going to put it out on this day, we're going to be good, that's when people will fully go back to their normal routines. Even then... We got to keep in mind the psychological impact of this and how people are going to. It only took a month to change the world. It's going to take months for us to recover from that. So, Cincinnati was the first. It will absolutely not be the last. And that is a painful but inevitable thing that a lot of sports that are not revenue producers are just going to be wiped away. We'll break on that note and come back. Stay right there. Always a pleasure to catch up with former Orangeman Eric Devendorth on the block, ESPN Radio. Devo, how you doing, buddy? Man, you know what? That, I love that call. That that sounds that's like music to my ears. Man. I love that. <laughs> you know what? Too while I was looking for that one, Devo, I forgot about this. I'll see if I can pull it up while we're talking about it here. So there was that shot, but then there's this. You have this 55 foot buzzer beater for halftime against West Virginia in the Big East Tournament. I'm sure you remember that one, too, right? Right. I think I got uh, got away with the travel a little bit. But, uh, <laughs> no, it was it was right before the half. And, yeah, it was it was the next next day against West Virginia, which we happened to go into another overtime against them as well. You know what? Stand by. I think I found it here. There you go, Devo. Yeah, I'm watching that, by the way. You totally traveled on that play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It felt good, though, to hit another one after hitting that shot against uh, against UConn. That obviously didn't count, but 
Um, yeah, that one, that was a fun one right there versus West Virginia. So it's great to hear your voice. Good to have some fun with you here. Uh, how are you th- these days? You staying safe, staying healthy, all that good stuff? Yeah, doing good. Um, you know, been doing these videos and, and, you know, trying to get outside a little bit, just um, in a little safe space and, and doing some stuff. But, yeah, staying safe and, uh, you know, sometimes getting a little stir-crazy, but, but uh, you know, I'm all right. We're all right. The videos have been great. If you haven't seen it, you can check them out on Eric's uh, social media on Twitter. And uh, are those on Instagram, too, and all the things the kids are on these days, Devo? It's it's hard for Grandpa to keep up here. Are those just on Twitter? Yeah, no, I put them, I put them on Twitter, Instagram, and then I'll, uh, I have a LinkedIn account as well, and I, I put them there. Excellent. So um, maybe, maybe a little bit more business uh, people looking at it. But, uh, yeah, they're on all those three. So... No matter where you follow Eric on social media, you can see it. And it's been great, Diva, because this is just fundamentals, basics of basketball, and you're kind of showing the skills and the drills and how to do it. And and doing it, like, what are some of the the real basic fundamentals that you're trying to emphasize for people in doing these videos and and getting the message across? Well, I mean, really just ball handling and footwork and, and basic ball handling, basic footwork. Um, I might pick it up a little bit, but, you know, not to where you can't follow along. And, you know, it's just kind of something I was doing outside because, you know, I miss being in the gym. Um, and then, you know, figured I'd record it and put it out there for, you know, and explain it to the kids a little bit or whoever picks it up. You know, I've been, uh, you know, getting messages saying, you know, older guys doing it just to get out and, and get an exercise. So I'm, I'm just happy it's helping people out, um, you know, giving them something to do during this time. Obviously, it's, um, you know, a super tough time for everyone. So, you know, just trying to spread a little positivity out there and, um, you know, keep people up. Doing a great job at it. And, Eric, I know you were you were coaching at Detroit. You did some coaching here at Syracuse, of course. And ultimately, is that is that something that you're working towards? Do you want to be a head coach of a Division One program? You know what? If the opportunity comes about and where I can get back in coaching and, uh, you know, assistant or, or – you know, something like that, I definitely look at it. I mean, I love I love basketball. I love, you know, being a part of the game somehow. And, and right now it's just, you know, working with the kids and, and, and the older kids as well and doing camps and clinics and, and things like that. So, um, but, no, if the opportunity arises, especially at, a you know, a major school, um, you know, definitely wouldn't mind uh, getting back into it for sure. What's it like to coach in 2020? All things considered, teaching players the fundamentals, recruiting, uh, all the things that you have to go through, academics, of course, transitioning from somebody who dealt with as a player now as a coach. What's that like here in 2020? Um, well, I mean, I, I guess it can be, you know, depending on how you look at it, it could be tough, um, you know, especially with the social media and, um, you know, people can get access to anything. And then when I say anything, it could be, you know, the wrong information and, and um, you know, they don't know it. So um, you want to, you want to, you know, well, you're competing with that, but it, it really, you want to be able to, um, you know, know the kid and know, and know the player to be able to reach them because they have to be, have a level of trust with you. So, you know, they're even going to work hard for you. So um, that's how kind of how I approach it, you know, um, from a personal standpoint first and then, you know, hopefully they'll work for you, and then hopefully they'll kind of grasp what you're teaching. So, Devo, for those that don't know, uh, you're back here in, in central New York, right? You moved back after the Detroit opportunity, and you're here, you're living, yeah. you're breathing, you're working right here in Syracuse, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, um, I'm actually doing it out of a, a gym in Salve. Um, a lot of my training in the camps and stuff. And then, um, you know, I have people who, um, you know, book me to go and, and travel around in the water town and all, all of New York State, really. So um, just trying to keep busy and then, you know, staying busy doing what I love. You know, um, you know, I don't want to be stuck doing something I don't love to do. And, and basketball is, is what I love. So I'm just uh, blessed to be able to um, continue to do something, you know, that involves basketball. You're certainly doing a great job at that in, in all aspects of basketball. You were on some of our watch parties this year as we were watching hoops and being involved in the game. And it, when you circle back to it, Eric, what, what are the lessons you take from Coach Beheim that you're applying now that you get the opportunity to work in the game and teach the game? I think uh, a big thing, and, and you know what? I was talking to uh, Dana O'Neill yesterday. She was actually writing a, a book about the Big East, and she, she asked me the same question. You know what? What would I really? What did I really get from Coach Bayheim? And I think, uh, you know, the biggest thing that I got was just patience. You know, when things aren't going right, um, you know, when you're in situations that are tough, things like that. Uh, you know, stay calm, be patient. Uh, you know, don't get flustered because it's so easy to get flustered, especially at a time right now when you know really nothing's going your way. Um, you know, you're not working. You know, things like that. Uh, to be able to have patience. You know, think clearly, stay calm in the situation. So um, that was a big thing I, I learned from him, and he didn't have to say it. He, you could just tell by his whole demeanor. You know, whether it's a um, you know tight situation in a game or you know whatever it may be, he he always had the same calmness and, and patience about him. How much did you test that patience as as a player when you think back on it? Oh, it was tested for sure. We, <laughs> I mean, we we definitely uh, you know we've had our moments where we went back and forth, but you know. He knew what, what, by speaking to me, he knew what he was going to get out of me. He knew I was going to go back out there and, uh, you know, give him my all. And, and those are the type of players he knows he can talk to like that. So, um, you know what they say, if he's not saying anything to you, then um, that's when you should start worrying. So, um, you know, I, I'm blessed to, um, you know, have played and, and learned so much from him, you know, obviously playing, but as on the coaching side as well. Eric Devendorf's our guest here on ESPN Radio Syracuse. A Devo. Bayheim's Army, you were the first to commit to it. Great to have you back. And, look, you guys have some redemption after losing at home last year. Got a home opportunity, fell out a little shorter than you would think in that tournament, but it just kind of speaks to the competition level that's there now, the players that are in this thing. And I'll tell you what, it's nice to think about Bayheim's Army because hopefully by then this will all kind of at least have, will have settled down, we'll start to get back into routines and a normal life, and hopefully we'll be watching Bayheim's Army this summer. Yeah, that's. I'm really hoping so, man. Definitely, because you know those, you know, two weeks are you know some of the best weeks of the summer. You know, getting back with all those guys, um, you know, older and younger. Um, and yeah, we were you know obviously disappointed to have it in Syracuse and, and not be able to um, you know win all three 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 games here. But um, you know, I think this year was another opportunity, and we'll have some um, you know a good mix of younger guys and, and older guys and. Um, it's a high, high level, you know, tournament. It's, it's guys who play pro, you know, whether it's NBA overseas, um, you know, whatever it is. So, um, just looking forward to going out there and competing again with those guys. Um, and, and like you said, hopefully, hopefully they have it. Your second uh, a, a member of Bayheim's Army confirmed today, Tyler Lydon. Speaking of some young guns, some fresh blood on the squad, what do you think he can bring to the table? Oh, man, well, he, he could play the center. He could stretch the floor. Um, you know, he could be a mismatch for guys, definitely. And, 
Um, you know, the biggest thing at that position, being able to move and, and run the floor like that, um, space the floor, he's just going to give a whole other t- dimension than I think what we had maybe, um, you know, the last two years. So uh, excited to have him and, um, you know, hopefully, uh, uh, you know, hopefully we have it so, you know, he can he can show what he could do. Devo, you and I talked about this for a column I wrote on Syracuse.com recently, but just to bring it to the radio a little bit, it was brought up during the Facebook Live celebration of the 2003 championship. Bayheim was kind of breaking chops on Troy Weaver saying, hey, you know, if you stayed here, you would have got Kevin Durant. Now, you offer a unique perspective on this for two reasons. One, you would have been on that team with Durant in 2006, and two, you played with Durant at Oak Hill. So let's start with the first part of it. Let's kind of go back over what we discussed for the column. Put Kevin Durant on that 06-07 team, and what are we talking about here? Well, instant national championship contender. Of course. Um, Absolutely. You know, I mean, he could put in the zone. I mean, now how it's played, you could put, put him, you know, up top. You could put him, you could put him in the middle if you wanted. Um, you know, obviously out in the wing, you know, his, his length and athleticism is a whole other level. And then, you know, on the offensive side of the ball, I mean, it just lights out all three levels, everything, everything that you want, you know, shoot, put it on the ground, make plays. Um, get to the rim, so you know, an instant game changer. And and for us, you know, already having uh, you know a lot of talent on that team. Um, like I said, just an instant, you know, national championship contender. Now you had the opportunity to play with Durant at Oak Hill. Uh, tell us what that was like being teammates with him. And, and did you know even then, like, okay, this this guy's going to be something special? Well, I, I just remember first, you know, when I when I came to Oak Hill and going to our open gym and. Um, you know, I'm from a small city, so there's not there's not too many great you know basketball players in my city. Obviously, in the state, it's it's a lot of great players, but I've never saw a guy, you know, six foot ten, um, you know, who could shoot the ball from deep and, and handle it like a point guard, and, and then be athletic and, and fly and dunk on guys. So um, at first, I was like, wow. And then and then when we you know really got got playing and got known, got to know each other. Uh, you know his work ethic is just he he just always wanted to be in the gym uh and and he he always wanted to you know you know play two on two or three three whatever it is so um you know just adding that work ethic into you know what he already had god given is um you know is gonna create what he is now and that's one of the best players ever do you keep in touch these days have have you talked to him recently? you know what I saw him when I was at uh u a d coaching um, Golden State had a practice when they played the Pistons at our at our uh, facility, and um, I you know I got to sit down and, and talk to him a little bit there. That was last summer. So, um, but yeah, man, when you know when I see him and when I see those guys who I used to play with, it um, it's definitely all love. So it, it was cool to sit down and talk with him. Was there anybody else on that team that we would know? Remind me who was on that old kill squad with you guys. So. The starting lineup was Taiwan Lawson. Um, he went to North Carolina, you know, won national championship, played in the NBA for with the Nuggets, Kings for a while. I think he was now he's playing over in China. Um, myself starting at the at the two guard, Jamal Gordon. He was a, he was uh, another big guard. He was six three, big stocky linebacker body. Went to Mississippi State, um, played overseas professionally for a while, and then at the at the four position, it was Kevin Durant. And then we had another um, at the five position. We had, you know, multiple seven-foot guys. So it was eight Division One guys on that team, you know, out of ten guys. So 
Uh, we had an unbelievable team, and I think we were number one in the country that year. Yeah, that'll um, do. So, yeah, it was. That'll, yeah, that, yeah that'll, that'll, that'll do it. That's quite a squad. There. A, uh, yeah, unreal experience. Well, Devo, it's it's always great to talk to you. Keep up the good work on Twitter, helping people get through all these times and giving them some great things to do. And continued luck and success. Always appreciate your time and your insight. We'll definitely do it again soon, but uh, thanks for the time today, my friend. Well, I appreciate you having me, and uh, stay safe. You too, my friend. That's Eric Devendorf, ladies and gentlemen.